0: From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system
2: sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: The Around the NFL podcast The NFL Machine Doesn't Stop. Damn right! Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hans, I come to you from a virtual room filled with some heroes: Greg Rosenthal, Reggie, Mister Dependable, the Iron Horse—they call him—and <laughs> uh, joining us on a very special cut-down edition, unplanned initially, uh, edition of the Around the NFL podcast, and back our old friend the pipe Nick shook
4: shooky getting some gets pump in before before he speaks
3: his first words
4: I like the sound of those weights those are some old school weights that's the type of gym I prefer the, the old like <laughs> legitimate uh, metal plates no none of this rubber casing nothing that Outta protects people that. there's no handles on the weights you can pinch and potentially
1: sev- sever a finger yeah. or at least
4: get a blood blister you know
1: the real the, the gritty stuff. Wait, did you work out in the Browns facility and were there players who either were threatened by you or kind of wanted to show you like, hey, uh, Browns reporter, like you're not so tough. You know what so- I mean?
4: As the legend goes, they used to allow employees to work in work out in the same gym. and then I guess somebody had taken food from the cafeteria and like left it out and made a mess and just left it there. So they ended up when the Haslams came in, they built a separate employee gym that is literally right next to the team's weight room and attached mm. to the field house. So technically no, um, but I was right next door, and I and I did um, you know get some activity on the indoor field house's field, and they weren't intimidated, but they liked to point it out a lot.
1: Um, yeah, I actually, was gonna say, I bet they brought it up a lot. I bet Freddie Kitchens was like, "Hey, let's get this guy a blocking tight end. Let's see if he can move." Got doozy yeah. for this guy. Right, it
4: basically like. <laughs> Was the opener for a lot of my conversations I had with players and got to know some of the guys. So I guess it was adv- advantageous in that regard. But ultimately, yeah, it, it's I mean, funny more than anything.
3: Since, and by the way, I think we have a lead there, Greg, with how, how did Shook come to leave the Browns uh, very quickly? Maybe Shook left at Apple Corps uh, next to the bench press or something. But, um, you know, uh, Mark's not here, obviously. He's getting better right now. Um, but remember a couple of weeks ago we had that discussion about one and done head coaches? and uh we were we're going down the list and we ended up uh missing freddie kitchens who's the most recent one and done coach and you know sessler you know sessler knew it and he just didn't bring it up he just (laughs) didn't want to bring some of those those spirits (laughs) the spirit of freddie kitchens so when whenever mark comes back is that to look forward to i
4: will have to bring that up with him because i mean the integrity of the podcast has to stand above fan leanings ultimately i gotta give freddie kitchens some credit too because even though he wasn't a very good coach and it's really disorganized more than anything. Awesome guy. Great guy to spend a few hours at a hotel bar on a road trip with.
1: Although Ooh. to be, you know, to, to close that circle, Steve Wilkes, I think is still the answer. Or no wait, It was Freddie Kitchens after that? Yeah. Steve was on <laughs> Freddie's staff
4: <laughs> Oh my as God. a DC. <laughs> oh, Stevie. Um, all right. Anyway. So, yes, uh,
3: we were last with you on Monday and we said we'd be back Thursday. And then I think Greg and I separately, maybe even at the same time, Greg, like, et style realized, oh wait a second wait a second the tuesday's <laughs> cut down day they changed it the schedule's a little different now it's not that labor day weekend it is now in the middle of the week uh so here it is the old school bunker cast and we're just going to quickly shoot through the news everything that's happened over the last uh 12 hours or so so uh great hey Gravedigger, how you doing buddy big performance i thought on the monday show a lot of buzz about gravedigger and erica on a tropical vacation right now in the middle of our season uh did you get any feedback uh, whether internally or outside the building
4: about your performance
1: yeah i got a couple of people on twitter who were excited to hear
4: me on this show that was cool not necessarily go. expected my parents revolution. were very proud
3: <laughs> i love it the revolution is here with justin graver the gravedigger let's hit the news
0: lurks in the shuttles a five-ton red-eyed monster ready to crush its prey. it's grave the
3: high-flying awe-inspiring megastar of motorsports <laughs> and now all you need justin to do now is isolate the Gravedigger vocal there and there you go there's the drop we talked about from earlier perfect uh, this week all right good all right let's get into it Oh, that tricky Bill Belichick. Uh, He makes a move nobody saw coming. Releasing the Patriots. uh, Released Cam Newton, their quarterback, the starter that they re-signed in the offseason. Then they drafted Mac Jones, of course, in the first round. And the two players are trading first team reps and going through the whole process through the summer. Uh, But at the end of the day, Bill Belichick, Decides the future is now. Mac Jones will begin the season as the starter, QB1, and Cam Newton, almost unbelievably, only a handful of years removed from being MVP in the league and one of the great dual threat quarterbacks the league has ever seen. On the eve of week one in 2021, he is out of work. Greg, when you saw this pop up on your phone or wherever, uh, were you shocked? How, tell, take me through it as a Pats fan.
1: I mean, I had mixed feelings. I was surprised he's not on the team. I I'm not. I wasn't that surprised that Mac Jones is the starter because I've been believing in Tom Curran, who watched him every day and thought it was decisive in practice. And then I watched the preseason. It's you know it's one of the best rookie quarterback preseasons I've ever seen. PFF has it as the best rookie quarterback they've ever you know graded. So that part of it where Mac Jones wins the job doesn't shock me. But the fact that Brian Hoyer is now one snap away does a little bit. You know, that's Brian Hoyer still in that building. Isn't he like 50 years old at
3: this point? (laughs) Like, honestly, listen, shook another nice bald guy out of Cleveland, but come on. Can we calm
4: down a little bit? Yeah, I was gonna say that's an affront to to bald people <laughs> everywhere, and especially Northeast Ohio natives who are bald. But go ahead, I Greg. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I think I think it does fit, though, don't you think, Greg? Like, if if you have to go from Mac Jones to somebody else, wouldn't you prefer to go to? A, I know the skill level think that, is not I the same. I don't think it has
1: to do with it. I think I'm, it's just guessing. I, w- you know, we're taping this so soon after. M- my guess is either it was mutual or that Cam Newton gave the, you know, hey, do you you want us to cut you now? Um, And that Cam Newton would rather go back up Dak Prescott, maybe Russell Wilson, but I kind of expect Cam Newton to be on the Cowboys because it just makes too much sense for for everyone. Um, Then he really wants to go back up uh, a rookie quarterback and that Belichick also might have the feeling that I've been gassing this guy up as one of the great leaders you know, I've ever been around. He's got a lot of people who love him on this team that I don't think Cam Newton's gonna be a problem, but that it's it's almost a mixed message here. If this guy is our backup and he has so many people who, who kind of follow him, let's make, let's make a clean break of it. And oh, by the way, you know, he's not vaccinated. So, all right, <laughs> now let, let's hit that. I
3: was gonna hit that a little later, but since you brought it up, Bill Belichick is a man, as we know, who, he's mercurial. He's someone who doesn't buy into excuses. He's a man who will send you home if you're late for a practice uh, during a blizzard outside. He's done it. That's this type of stuff Bill does. Do you think it is at all, can we connect the dots here, that in the middle of this heated battle for the job, Cam disappears with the excused absence tied to the coronavirus mix-up, that Bill Belichick
4: could have said, you know what, that's the straw that breaks the camel's back. I'm moving on. I don't put it past him. Just going to say it. I mean, they've run into this situation a year ago. I mean, they, they had to go to Brian Hoyer in a key early game that kind of started a slide. Why would they put themselves in a position where they could potentially deal with that again? Is the backup in that proposed scenario, let's say Cam is your starter and the backup is Mac, Is he better than Brian Hoyer? Yeah, but ultimately you're still facing the the possibility of losing one or multiple quarterbacks in the regular season. Why run through that exercise again? Fool me once, shame on me, you know, so on and so forth. So. Yeah, I think that has uh, undoubtedly has something to do with it. Even if you could say, well, everything else that Greg just said, which
1: I totally agree with, it's got to play a factor. It's more about Jones's play. Like that's the starting point. Like they, none, it wouldn't happen unless Jones didn't exceed some expectations, didn't play great in camp, didn't play great in the preseason. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's absolutely possible, Dan, that that was kind of the thing that. Put it over the top because it also gave Mac Jones a number of snaps in those joint practices, which Belichick takes very seriously. Always says that's as important or more important than the preseason game. Everyone said that Mac Jones had the best day of his entire uh, training camp against the Giants in that second day of the of, or the first day of their joint practices that he just lit it up and then you look at like the way they were playing time in the in in the games like Mac Jones played a lot he didn't play a lot with the starters but he played a lot and they got to look at him a lot and if it's that close and if Mac Jones was better in practice for the most part i you know it does it does make sense the the part just as a fan that that bugs me is you had one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league whether it was Mac Jones or or Cam Newton and now you have one of the worst so I've heard some buzz that's like, well, they're actually higher on Jarrett Stidham than they used to be, and he's going to oh, recover from this it. back. He, oh, he's, please. I think he's going to IR, either short-term IR or PUP-less. We haven't heard yet, because he, he's coming off a of back surgery too, but that he'll be back at some point, and he'll be the backup, well, but I the, don't know. The Patriots are better with
3: Cam Newton and Mac Jones on the roster. I think everybody can agree right. with that. So there's more to it, and it, I think, goes back to chemistry and, and what they want and how they want this kid to go into his rookie season in terms of not having to look over his shoulder. And I get right. that. So you might be As like, like
1: a leader, right? I right. mean, it had and I think Cam might have might have wanted it, too, which makes sense to me. Too.
3: Right. And it doesn't mean Cam is like a cancer or anything like that. I think it was more just like, all right, we really do believe in this kid. And even if it ends up hurting us this year if by leaving us a little vulnerable uh, behind him, if he gets hurt in the long run, it, it will help his development. So I think that's probably where it is. And ESPN is reporting that the Cowboys will, quote, begin exploring for agent cam newton and it's funny because he must those... have
1: known he must have known yeah
3: like hard knocks um this season i was thinking about it because it's airing again tonight and i have to do the recap i was thinking of mixing it up a little bit and just writing about here are some like real life football takeaways from the episode so far and their backup quarterback situation has just been horrendous uh throughout it, it's this cooper camp. rush
1: it's yeah. cooper rush they thought it was gonna be Gilbert or Danucci. Two or three weeks ago, and Cooper Rush is the one that's still on the roster right now. The, they cut the other two. Hey, yeah, there's the, one other the biggest, team,
3: by
4: the way.
1: The yeah. biggest bummer with
4: that is Cooper Rush had a great chance to actually prove something in that battle, which he took the lead the week prior. In this past week, uh, you know, granted he's playing with the backups against a lot of Jacksonville starters, he was—I uh, I wouldn't say terrible. It was—he didn't even register a blip on anybody's radar. It
1: makes too much sense for everyone. Put put Cam Newton in there. If I Dak was... misses some games, you're. You're flying. I also wonder if the Seahawks would would think about it because it's like, I don't know if Cam would want to back up Russell Wilson for some reason. But it's like I, you know, they could. Now I love Geno and all, but that that situation could be upgraded for There's sure. There's
3: also <laughs> another uh, AFC East team, Greg, that needs a backup quarterback with oh, experience. No. <laughs> and how about <laughs> the playbook? About it. learning more about that Patriots operation. Uh, the Robert Sala defense. That would
1: bother me. I've had snap. mixed feelings because it's like <laughs> that. Would that would really bother me? I to, I said midseason I wanted Cam to be the starter and for them to roll because I've always been a Cam fan and it would just shut up all these Patriots fans who who hated Cam. I don't know if you remember my team slogan uh, for <laughs> 2021. Real real ones can go back and listen. But yeah, that's you. You can feel that today in Boston. I can't tell you how uh, like overly excited everyone is. But um,
3: well. I had a similar slogan. It was Mac Jones. Calling. Now that's more like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of the Patriots, uh more big news around that team. They have placed their all-pro cornerback Stefan Gilmore, the former defensive player of the year, on the reserve PUP list, uh and he that means he's out the first 6 weeks of the regular season. It's connected to a quad injury that's been an issue for him since last year, and um obviously losing Gilmore for any period of time is going to hurt Bill Belichick's defense. But I, I, I wonder this, uh, Shook, how much does the injury tie into the ugly contract situation and vice versa? Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, because, you know, if he's going to be back in supposedly three weeks, PUP gives him a little bit more of a buffer to potentially get back fully healthy. But you have to also wonder if this is kind of the response to, you know, the whole you know i'm I'm unhappy with my contract i either want more money or i want a long-term deal yeah i think it works out for gilmore because at least it helps him ensure that he's healthy and and kind of avoid the risk of a re-injury still get you're right there's there's got to be there's got to be some sort of factor into that the fact that they have not been on the same page for this entire summer and and he didn't participate in any of camp and isn't going to be able to play for you know the first month plus
1: well he's getting paid but he's not getting that raise that we thought he might get at least not yet with that it wouldn't wouldn't shock me. Torn quad is one of the worst injuries a football player can have. Um, Not many have it. And sometimes it's really hard to come back from. So that's been a little under the radar. He did have surgery on that after the season. And that's, that's a brutal injury, but you know, putting him on the pup list feels like, uh, like kind of kicking the can. Like if you're Stefan Gilmore, you don't want to risk coming back too early if they're not going to pay you. And, and I have asked around about this and it it's both sides seem like they think it's a game of chicken like gilmore yeah. doesn't want to go on the field unless he gets his money and the patriots don't like they, they would consider giving him some money but they don't want to do it until they see him on the field and even if like putting yourself in gilmore's shoes if he's if he's dis-
3: disenfranchised and he feels like he's going to be somewhere else next year and he's looking to get a He's going to be uh, 31, or he's entering his 30 age 31 season. If he's looking to get that one last multi year contract, are you going to go on the field at 75 or 80 percent to start the right. season when you feel like there's a chance you could rip that quad up and blow your value? Um, tough situation the, there. So things change
1: fast. Their cornerbacks, to me, looks like the biggest weakness of a otherwise really promising looking defense. Their number two cornerback is Jalen Mills. Their number three outside cornerback, they you know they have a good slot guy in Jonathan Jones, the number three outside cornerback might not be on the team. Like it's a guy that maybe it's this guy, Sean Wade, who they just traded for from the Ravens, but that that's pretty rough. Like, you know, that, that is, that is where they will be attacked. I think from, by opposing quarterbacks, like Tom Brady, by the way, you know, week four. Oh, and it
3: does go to show you, and this goes across all sports. Because you remember going into the season, it was like, now the Patriots going to get back all these guys uh, from the COVID opt-out and everything is going to be locked and loaded. But, you know, then the season starts to take shape and everything is different every single year. You can never
0: make predictions uh, in March. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
2: So, visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert.
3: Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Let's get into more pup list news. Michael Thomas, the superstar wide receiver and former offensive player of the year, we were reminded on Monday's show, <laughs> uh, reportedly will start the season on the PUP list. That will take him out of the first six games of the season. You know, this one surprised me a little bit, Shooky, because um, I thought it was already kind of like a done deal, just like the the way everything had been explained with the late nature of the surgery and Sean Payton being ticked off about it. I kind of, in my mind, had already processed he was going to be on the PUP list, but it, nothing had been officially announced. Well, I still don't know if it's been officially announced, but uh, Adam Schefter says. Yeah. Okay, so he is out six weeks, at least with his ankle. So it's an injury he suffered week one,
4: 2020, and now it's going to eat up a portion of his 2021. Yeah, and this is like an ongoing saga at this point, because he's been displeased with his situation for a while now, and as we all know, he loves to tweet about it, you know, just a bunch of subtweets, you know, vague statements that, that indicates that he's unhappy, and, and now he, I don't know if you could necessarily say that he botched his whole injury situation but it's more on him than it is on the Saints at this point waiting to get that surgery done and, and even uh, you know the way he went about his off season, so it costs him time it costs the Saints their best receiver again and now with a new quarterback they're gonna be forced to adjust luckily they've had the entire preseason to kind of plan for it because he hasn't been around but ultimately when you're looking at them on paper and you're going to the regular season you obviously would want to have Michael Thomas on your team as opposed to not
1: It just like gives a bigger runway for Marquez Callaway to be the number to be the new All Pro. uh, I was gonna say, there's
4: so much hype around
3: Callaway the last couple (laughs) weeks. I feel like is is that gonna feel like an August thing that we all
1: kind of smirk at in a couple months, or do you think this guy's gonna step in and play like a pro baller? I think he'll be solid, but it's a lot to ask. I think he could put up 800, 900 yards, something like that, which is amazing for a second year. Undrafted guy. I don't know if you, you can't expect him to be enough, but he's the, he is their number one, and they're going to throw the ball. They do have i I think I haven't checked the Brandon Thorn rankings. He's great on offensive line play. So shook. They would be my pick as the the number one offensive line in football. And um, Caesar Ruiz, their first round pick, who was kind of a uh, their worst player last year on their offensive line. Reportedly looks way better. And suddenly, so, okay, now you're fitting the one guy that wasn't that good. Suddenly, like, that is an awesome offensive line. That'll help Jameis out a lot.
4: Yeah, um, I would definitely put them in at least the top three, if not the number one spot. I think those top three teams, some have some questions. The Patriots are also up there. If they can actually get healthy seasons out of guys like Isaiah Wynn. But, um, and, and I also would put the Browns probably in top three, top four, if they can also be healthy all you know across the starting line. Of course
1: Although, you would. Of course Yeah, you oh, yeah
4: okay, you know. But Jedrick Wills, no, he, right, needs be yeah. he needs to be better. He needs obviously be better. Did but you? yeah, I mean, you, you trot that starting line up out there in They front. were the
1: best last year. They would. They finished with the, the belt, so I think that's, that's We're about
3: fair. to... We're about to talk about another good offensive line at Green Bay. But, Shook, but Shook, did you happen to catch Monday's show when both Rosenthal and Claybon did not um, predict the Browns to the playoffs? But I did. Did you happen to catch that show?
4: Wow. You know, Dan, I got to tell you, if I had to pick anybody <laughs> on this podcast, and even with the rotating cast of guests, yep. you're last. You're the last yep. person I would pick to do that. So, Can't put me in a good box. On you. Yeah, good <laughs> well, on you. I, I
1: regret it. This is going to be a whole thing. Mark doesn't need to find something to
3: um, sparrows.
1: be annoyed with you know by me but now this is this is going to be hanging over he's it, every time the browns win and they'll probably win like 12 games they'll just be like just the oh, stick it to you.
4: <laughs> i gotta tell you guys i'm a little scarred from last year because the jadedness in me and my brain Led me to believe that the Browns weren't going to beat the Steelers in the playoffs, um, mm. and I picked against oh, them, and, famously, and I had to yes. hear it from oh, Browns fans right. everywhere. Brown that's
1: terrible. And well, oh, yeah. no,
4: but then I'm I'm juxtaposed against Sessler, who's like fly into the night, Browns all the way, <laughs> into the the end of the earth and the end of days. They're going to lead us there. So I was the bad guy, no matter what. So now we're you know we're releasing predictions yeah. from all the analysts. Just yeah. see where I put the Browns. Yeah, you're going okay. to the, oh, put them in
1: the Super Bowl. That yeah. was part of it, is I wanted to sprinkle some wild right. card love to some other teams. And it's like, you did know, you, even if you don't totally buy that, it's the most likely thing. Shook, know, it's, it's ancient
3: history at this point, but did you have the Browns beating the Chiefs in the uh, divisional playoffs?
1: No.
4: I, no. <laughs> I, and they didn't. And I, and I don't feel bad Nailed about it. that.
3: Brain um, over heart. Packers left tackle David Bakhtieri, one of the best in the game. Shook, maybe the best left tackle in the league? I don't know. You tell me. Will remain on the physically unable to perform list to start the regular season. If you remember, he tore his ACL uh, late last season. So he's out the first six weeks. Uh, The team was optimistic earlier in the spring that he was going to be ready for week one. There was that, you know, as all players are coming back from ACL tears. He was ahead of schedule, uh, but turns out he's more on a typical schedule, which means he will be without uh, – Aaron Rodgers will be without his blindside protector for nearly half the season.
1: Yeah, these, these pup list news I think was ultimately bigger than a lot of the cu- cuts. Yeah. The cuts are the cuts are interesting, but Gilmore and Bakhtiari especially, you didn't know what was going to happen with them two, and those are two all pros, first-team all pros. You, can, you can't replace that. I, I'm a little anxious about the Packers' offensive line. I think they're fine at left tackle where uh, Elton Jenkins – Seems like he can do anything, and he, he's moving from center and guard to left tackle, and he's going to make himself a ton of money. I think he'll one day be one of the highest-paid players in the league. Uh, but the rest of the guys on that offensive line are just kind of guys. Uh, How about this, you know, they're hoping that They're hoping the scheme makes up for, for that. Shook, yeah. uh,
3: what about the, idea, the track record of the Packers, at least especially recently in developing talent on their offensive yep. line and plug, finding ways to, to get by? I think organizationally maybe they deserve the benefit of the doubt here?
4: Yeah, I mean, developmentally, to a degree, also their scheme helps, in the fact that they play with Aaron Rodgers, who is a master of navigating mm, the pocket. I mean, they don't they don't set typical pass pockets. They don't. They, it's it's more of a fluid type of thing where Rodgers is allowed to feel and and maybe escape from time to time and deliver mm. the football, and it, and it helps those guys. I guess kind of avoid the the type of plays that would put them uh, on a highlight for all the wrong reasons too. We have a trade to talk about, and involves my New York
3: Jets, who. Send disappointing tight end Chris Herndon to the Minnesota Vikings for a draft pick to be named later. Uh, Herndon, once upon a time, a fourth-round pick in 2018, really flashed. And me and many other uh, Jets fans and other football observers saw him as a a real hit for Mike Tannenbaum, a guy that they were going to build around with Sam Darnold. Uh, he had his 2019 season wiped out by a suspension and then an injury, and then he completely bottomed out in 2020 with a ton of drops and just was uh, had all sorts of issues. Uh, and he had been behind Tyler Croft on the depth chart this spring and summer, so the writing seemed to be on the wall, now the Jets move on. The Vikings, uh, who just lost Irv Smith Jr. to a knee injury, have another option in that building.
4: Yeah, it's it's a trade that makes sense because you have to replace him and you replace him with a guy who has been a fantasy darling, but hasn't really lived up to those expectations for the majority of his career. I mean, it, it's one of those things where a guy has a pretty solid rookie year, and then they just accept, expect you to take the next step. So I give him a little bit of the benefit out because he was playing in the Jets, the most dysfunctional franchise in the last couple of years. So yeah. it's not like he exactly had a, a tailor-made situation for him to flourish, but I also don't expect him to necessarily follow in the footsteps where Irv Smith was trending toward, which was a potential breakout season before having his knee injury. It does make sense Physically,
1: like the type of player, we'll see. You know how how quickly he can get up to speed and play a role. They are very thin in terms of their pass catchers. Irv Smith, the big loss, and the more you hear about this injury, it sounds like it could be a while. No one's put a projected timeline, but it's now they're now it sounds like it's like uh, yeah, we don't know if and when Irv Smith is going to be back, which. Which is a bummer. You know, Dan, you kind of get, you know, we've sort of been a little more open with our just like rooting against each other's Jets, Patriots takes and stuff. Just, just, you know, let's just be honest. We've done this for years. Sure. But one of the things that you do, you know, but in that situation is like every once in a while you see a guy on the other team, like I loved Herndon, and you just give him a lot of pop. It's like, see, I'm not such a unbiased. I'm, I'm unbiased. I'm not such a bad guy. And I was like, I was really gassing up Chris Herndon three years ago, and, and he hurt me. You, you know? were putting and I diesel was
3: fuel into him when he needed uh, Super Unleaded. That's, that's my theory. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe a fresh start does something for Herndon because there really was a good skill set there and he could block and he, he made a lot of big plays in a 2018 they uh,
1: have one of the Jets offensive coaches over there I forget off the top of my head who, who it was who it is but that's that's there is a connection
3: let's head over to the kicker club and this is a story that uh, we don't know how to make sense of it really over in the kicker club because we always like to have a kicker on every team that's like one of the things that we're into hit grave grave Um Dan Campbell Maybe he's like a John Mellencamp guy. Maybe he's a guy I don't like. I don't set foot in the kicker club. I don't like that electronic dance music. You could totally see that with Campbell. Uh, Because the Lions have released Zane Gonzalez and Randy Bullock. Big Bone Randy. So with about 10 days to go before the season starts, the Detroit Lions do not have a kicker. Now these things could be quickly... uh, fixed in the NFL there's always kickers floating around including Kai Forbath. and some people might say Kai's Kai why don't you go check out that game tape with Dallas a couple years ago uh, don't look at the Rams tape from last season there are kickers out there the Lions are going to have one soon I would say there are a lot of things if you're a Detroit Lions fan to be concerned about this one calm down everybody's getting their shots in on the Lions because that's fun but everything's fun that's
4: Lions coming fans, the are a little club. spoiled they're a little spoiled you know, they had they had the strong leg of Matt Prater for a while. and now It what, could uh, be, like,
1: a next-level um, gaming the system move. Like, no one's going to pick up either one of these guys. So, uh, let's just use that roster spot to get players we do want. Like, picking up – they're going to be high on the waiver wire, and they're going to get some veterans, and then they'll just, like, re-add one of them in a couple week or in, in a week or whatever. There, there's some, cut, some interesting cut kickers out there. I guess we we'll get to that. Maybe the Lions – or maybe the Lions will just uh, like have their safety kick the ball, like the Texans did over the weekend. I don't know if you saw that one. That was a little disrespectful. Yes, was it was cool. a kicking community. They just had Eric Reed be their kicker.
3: They they could also go the route, and this a lot of this depends on Jared Goff, and I guess I don't know T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, but they could do what the Packers did last year and just not kick field goals. I, I read <laughs> earlier today, just kind of ran into it, it, that Mason Crosby only had 16 field goal attempts last year. How is
2: that possible?
3: He made them well, all, by the way. Good for him. And he also had 63 point after uh, kick wow. attempts, making 59 of 63. Uh, 16 field field goal attempts. The, the Lions might have 16 field goal attempts by October, right?
5: <laughs>
1: that He's would be a say, fun experiment, though. If ever there was a team to do it, it's the Lions. Let's just play four-down football for a year and see what happens. I I mean, we could we could test. Who was that? That high school coach who used to go for it, refused to punt. They'll punt. They'll punt. But like, we're we're not going to kick any field goals. Yeah. If you're stuck in like a fourth and twenty-four at the twenty-yard line or thirty-yard line or something, then go for it, man. What do you got to lose? (laughs) A draft pick. All right. Some guys getting kicked. some guys getting booted out of the kicker Uh, club. How about the money badger's gone? No more. uh, There's a guy the Lions could pick up. Money badger what happened to money badger bad camp He's has bad camp i forget mm. who beat him out but he was getting beat all all camp and um nick folk also got caught very surprising uh erica tamposi's uh favorite uh player new player oh my gosh as uh, my phone goes off come on i mean this is just embarrassing. that's amateur hour I
3: mean, and that might be confusing because like Erica's only into the guy because he's a hot dude, and you would th- you would think that wouldn't matter to an Erica Tamposi, but apparently it did. She got she fell head over heels. We well,
1: he also missed like five kicks in one right. of the preseason games, uh, but they said he bounced back well from it. So they got they got rid of Nick Folk, and uh, yeah, Tristan Viscaino, by the way, is the Chargers kicker who beat. Wait, out, how about this? Just hear me badger. out on this.
3: Hear me out. Hear me out. What if Bill Belichick's going crazy, and like nobody knows yet. <laughs> and he's doing all these different things like cutting Cam Newton and getting into fights with the defensive player of the year Steph Gilmore and you know now this situation what if he's going he's going mad it just hasn't leaked yet Seth
1: Wickersham's not writing the profile until like November that'd be pretty cool like mad in what way just like he's an old like, man who just just to, to use some
3: like dated like parlance like uh he's losing his marbles yeah he's getting up there a little bit <laughs> nobody wants to say anything cuz he's Bill Belichick just is it a possibility? Is I don't think so. Uh, Sean Payton, finally, uh, in the news. Sean Payton uh, said that it is very possible that the Saints begin their season on the road in week one. They're supposed to uh, start the season at home, but Payton said that the Saints are leaning towards staying in doubt the Dallas area for the next several weeks until they are able to return home following the destruction of Hurricane Ida. And there's a good chance they will host their week one game scheduled for September 12th against the Packers in Dallas or elsewhere if they are unable to get back into the Superdome. So we're continuing to track that. The Saints in flux again with hurricane-related
1: business. I know. It reminds me of 20- 2005 where I always give Jim Hazlitt a ton of props for how he handled that situation with grace uh, and leadership, like leading that team. It, it, I don't think... It sounds like they, you know, the Superdome didn't take um, a lot of damage, right? Uh, but the city, you know, doesn't even have electricity back. You know, my heart kind of breaks for that. And and the Saints thing, it's like, well, what does the Saints really matter in the scheme of things? It's like it's a bummer. That is about as football mad a place as possible, and what a good you know distraction that would be. And Peyton, yeah, seemed to use the wording the first quarter of the season um, that they would stay in Dallas, but they cannot play at Jerry world this Sunday or in week one rather, because there's some concert that's a conflict and the NFL now has a rule that they have to play at an NFL stadium. So they can't do what they did last time and just like play at TCU or play some other. I I don't know. So they're, they're looking for, uh, is it COVID related? Maybe I, yeah, I, I have no idea what it is, but it looks like they'll probably play two. It, you know, at, at this point it looks like they're planning to play two, two games, uh, not in New Orleans, and then they'll hang out. They're going to practice in Dallas. It looks like, regardless. Yeah, and I, to
4: talk about adding to you know what was already going to be a difficult transition year for them on the field. Now you got to take them out of you know their home two weeks before the season starts. It's going to be tough.
1: They yeah, they have road games at Carolina and New England, and then they're back. Uh, against the Giants, uh, October third, which is week four, another road game and a bye. So I guess they would probably hope to return for a Halloween game. You know, I, it would be the best case scenario against uh, the Bucks. That's the only the only bright side is it'll be that'll be a great atmosphere when oh yeah when Big time. when they do get back celebration whenever it does happen.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring
2: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to
1: talk to an expert
2: snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: You wanna throw out some just like random other well, I cuts just wanted that to, cut my Yeah, mind? I
3: wanted to mention one more thing, Greg, before we do that, uh, because we had meant to, to hit on it. So let's just uh, get caught up with the Deshaun Watson situation, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Texans are not expected to trade Watson uh, by the league's 4 p.m. Eastern roster cut-down deadline. That has not happened, uh, so he's not moving, and uh, it sounds likely he's going to end up on the 53-man roster but more than likely be inactive every week of the season, at least until there's any movement on the sexual assault allegations from more than 20 women facing the quarterback. So we hadn't really touched on that, uh, Greg, in a week or two. That's where Watson's at. There are some reports out there still; uh, it keeps popping up with certain teams that might be interested in a trade for Watson right now. But as it is, right now, he is a Houston Texan.
1: I didn't believe those those trade rumors. I I, I really thought people are doing tech either the Texans or Deshaun, more likely Deshaun Watson's business and making these reports out to be something more than they are. Now, based on everything we know, it sounds like the Dolphins had some level of interest at some point. And what I think happened is that now they're pushing these reports out, like trying to push someone else to top those reports. I just don't believe it. I don't believe a team is going to trade for Deshaun Watson, no matter how much Deshaun Watson wants to get traded. I just don't think, as cynical as the NFL can be, I don't Mm. think it could be this cynical. That they're going to like, build, like it was getting into these weird conditions of like, well, maybe they would make conditional picks based on like how much, uh, you know, jail time, not jail time he gets, but like based on how much he was punished by the league right. or by what happens in the case. It's like, come on, man. You don't have to pass these, these trial balloons on. I just don't buy it. I don't think any other NFL team is considering, would considering it. And they're waiting for the NFL or the legal system to act.
4: Yeah, and I think that's the result that we, you know, the the solution, the temporary solution that we get uh, from this whole thing is when the NFL acts on it. Until then, we're in, kind of waiting in this gray area, which allows for these types of reports to come out and, and for this conversation to continue when ultimately he probably should just stay where he is off the field until we get some sort of resolution.
1: Right. There's, a, there's another conversation of like, should he get paid? Should the Texans have him on his roster? This, that. Or the other but the criminal case is like really important here the, there's also a criminal case with 10 women and it's like how could i don't i just don't see it i want to believe it too greg i my my honest feeling is
3: that there is a team or teams more likely that are monitoring this extremely closely and um the only reason they're probably not wading into it right now and making an aggressive offer is not the legal situation so much but the PR hit and the fallout that they would take from that so it's scaring them off i just wonder and i'll use the dolphins as an example and i'm not saying the dolphins are seriously considering it but let's say it's week 5 and uh Tua his passer rating 71 you know like Things like that would that spur action uh, on the trade market, because we know the way the legal system works with this, it's not moving at the same speed as the season is approaching us. Uh, So there's a good chance we'll go deep into the season and Watson will remain in limbo. Is there a team that gets impatient and just says, screw it, let's go for it, and deal with the PR fire to come? We'll see. We'll see. Or the NFL gets involved, which is...
5: C- certainly right. something that could re- happen
3: or should happen and puts the guy out of the mix for the time being with an exemplarist designation and then this isn't floating because this is on some right. level a self-made story by the NFL which I think we're all a little bit puzzled about still but it is what it is
1: right I and I still I guess you're right that that's possible I guess I'm, I still think they're going to wait for the police to act not even the civil case but they, they need to have some sort of clarity it just doesn't make sense Uh, All right, do we want to, now let's get back to uh,
3: football stuff. Anything else you guys wanted to throw out there? Shook, did you see anything that popped up uh, that interested you, whether it's a a pup designation or a cut or a signing, anything
4: out there? Fans of the 2018 draft, uh, specifically the 10th pick, will be pleased to know that Josh Rosen made the 53-man roster in Atlanta after playing all of... One game with
1: the Falcons. He got a promotion. He was yeah. fourth string in San Francisco. Good. He's, he's and, the backup now. Although, and, with the, this whole week before the season starts, you do. Um, worry if you're if you are a Rosen fan that you could see like a transaction in two days that he was yeah because they found an upgrade
4: but that's why this podcast exists (laughs) so we can talk about it now before he's gone whenever
3: he leaves if it's two days from now or whatever it's funny he did play that and it wasn't like it was the greatest half ever I think he had a sack fumble on like the first series or whatever but um when i read the next morning i did not watch the game but the next morning when i read what turned into like a flowery profile about the the rebirth of josh rosen that was what the gamer was i believe on espn or the associated press i was like whoa there's something cooking here this agent deserves a raise because he went from (laughs) a total disappearing act in san francisco to getting a puff sunday puff piece written about him overcoming the odds here
4: last (laughs) night I think it was last night. I found myself in a quiet moment thinking about Josh Rosen and thinking about,
1: wow, we've all been there. You know,
4: know, (laughs) this could be the situation that he needs to be in. You know, we don't know that Arthur Smith is a great developer of quarterbacks, but perhaps if he spends enough time learning from Matt Ryan, he can develop into a similar quarterback and his career could be worth something after all. And then I thought,
1: all right, where am I going? What time is it? I got to get yeah, this. <laughs> this is bad. All those all those uh chuckleheads like me who like gave the Bills a bad draft grade and love that Cardinals move to to, to mm. cheaply move up for Jafar Rosen. Sorry about that. How about how about a little punter trade? Uh the whole buzz this preseason was that Johnny Hecker was not going to make the Rams. Uh made makes a lot of money. Uh was losing a battle to Corey B- Barorquez, I think is is how you pronounce it. Um, but no, punter trade. They sent Barorquez packing over to the Packers. <laughs> Conditional uh, late round pick swap, sixth for a seventh. This guy has a a bomb. I was there for the one of the preseason games. I watched some of the Rams preseason. Oh my gosh, he could he can kick it like seventy-six yards, but they kept Hecker, which should keep like the you know, there's not many like long time Rams favorites. And so it's nice. I'm glad Johnny Hecker is the
4: Hecker of. got a good arm on him. It uh, makes you wonder what's going to happen with J.K. Scott and whether his most recent and perhaps most memorable highlight will be getting juked out on a punt return. Oh, that's right. The
1: Packers. Punch like, punters matter. Um, I don't know. A good punter can really change your team. That's a nice deal for the for the Packers. Here's, here's some big names that surprised me so let far. Let me just Within, add one thing, by the way.
3: Yeah. Um, everybody knows the Kicker Club, but a reminder but that there is the Punter's Punch Bowl Mixer. It's at the local gymnasium and they have a bunch of uh, balloons and, yes, a nice punch bowl and a, a full hoagie. It's a six-foot-long hoagie and a dance floor that plays records, mostly from the 50s, uh, but it's all there for the Punter's. Go ahead. Hecker's
1: got to MC that thing. He's got a lot of personality. He's been around for... He's one of the all-time greats other cupcakes at this mixer (laughs) yes yes there are cupcakes of course what else greg how about john brown didn't make the raiders that surprised me he still looked like he could play last year but here's the thing sometimes people are like oh that's crazy," but sometimes like it's like you said things change each year it's like sometimes the guys show up and suddenly they can't play can't play the guitar they're just not in it because the john brown even of 2020 looked like Like he would be maybe the best or the second best receiver on the entire Raiders team, but he didn't make the team. Uh, Jordan Howard got cut. And then one thing I just want to point out, because we never mentioned it throughout the whole preseason, Tyler Huntley won the backup job in Baltimore. That's no surprise over Trace McSorley who got cut. Um, If you watch him play, Tyler Huntley looked good. He was kind of the preseason MVP. Mm. I don't know if Lamar Jackson got hurt. Ravens fans know what I'm talking about they didn't win that they didn't break that record because of Lamar Jackson they broke it because of Tyler Huntley they might have something here with Tyler Huntley maybe a little like you know Tyrod Taylor late round or undrafted type of guy who ends up carving out you know a nice a nice career like Tyrod did uh, when when they found him a long time ago
4: any Pac-12 fans will remember Tyler Huntley's days at Utah very fondly. So, you know, in case of
1: emergency, break glass, pull out the former U. I'm saying, like, if there's another Lamar Jackson, you know, God, no, you better not go on the COVID list again. But if if he misses a game and there's, like, a Wednesday matinee against the Steelers, I have a, I think it'll be more watchable this year with Tyler Huntley. Yeah, than RG3, yeah. yeah. Um, anything else, Shooky? No, I think that's it. Greg? Yeah, we handled it. Tavon Austin made the uh, oh yeah the Jaguars. I mean, we're, we're kind of at the end there. But, you just, know, he's
3: he's hung around pretty good for a guy that was a first-round bust. <laughs> the fact that he's still collecting paychecks is pretty good. The he reason I, I mentioned them,
1: yeah, I wrote a debrief, you know, just kind of a quick roundup today of these. And the reason was just like, wow, the names that he made the team over in Jacksonville, I didn't know they were all there. Laquan Treadwell, former first-round pick. Philip Dorsett, uh, Super Bowl hero. And former first-round pick Faro Cooper, former first-team All-Pro. I don't know if you remember Faro Cooper, Colin Johnson. There's just like a lot of guys over there in Jacksonville. Tavon beat them all out.
4: Desmond Trufant cut by the Bears—a very steep decline yeah. for him.
1: That was that was surprising. They are really young at cornerback. Like the Rams have to be looking at Week One, feeling pretty good there.
3: And uh, finally, this happened actually uh, two days ago, but let's make sure we get it in the show. The Cardinals part ways. With safety, Chris banjo. Turns out he couldn't play the guitar.
1: Oh. oh. Woo. <laughs> this is like Dan's uh, <laughs> moment that like Adam Schefter had, where people got on him for like fist bumping uh, by breaking a guy getting released, and they were like, "That's insensitive. That's insensitive." <laughs> that son of a. B- <laughs> <laughs> but while just we're talking Cardo's secondary, my guy Malcolm Butler may retire. We just don't know, so it's um, a little uh, strange timing-wise, but Mike garofolo reported that. That would that would be a shame, or it, something's going on there that was personal that he didn't want to get into. Garofolo broke this story, but they were counting on him to start and gave him money to start, and that he's been away from the team for a minute now and may not, may not be coming back. That would be a sad way to end. I, I, I hope he comes back at some point. Come on the Super Bowl hero. All right. There you go. That is ATN guest by the way. I missed the show somehow, but do you remember, you know, you had him in the studio. Who's that? Malcolm Butler. Oh yeah, yeah, he was good. We had a nice conversation with Malcolm.
3: I interviewed him in that locker room right after the game and it was a uh, even as a Patriots hater, he was an easy guy to root for and you could just see the look in his face like he hadn't yet processed what had happened in that game. His legacy is secure. He'll be all right. He's the the old, he will never have to buy another drink again in that town. All right.
1: But is that actually true? Probably not. All right. I don't know. For some guys that hang around, I feel like. Hey, hey,
3: hey. You B- know, Butler you'll should. never have to
1: buy another meal in that town. <laughs> <laughs> right, it say. is one of those things everyone <laughs> says. And does that ever actually Let's happen? Let's test it. People are resentful of millionaire athletes. They're like, "I'm a, you know, you should be buying me drinks." I I will say Sunday night last week, after the Browns
4: preseason game against the Giants, I walked down the street, and who was having dinner outside with a couple of people? Bernie Kosar cannot confirm whether he paid for it or not. Now, Bernie, he's the ultimate.
1: Don't doesn't have to pay for it. Ultimate. Hmm.
5: Okay,
3: good. Shook. Thank you, buddy. And as a reminder, Nick shook, not only. Uh, hugely personable and in excellent physical condition is a lifeline for us on Sunday nights during the season in our recap of every game that is played during the season. So Shooky, you will be back with us. Hard to believe, Nick, but a week from Sunday, uh, we're back with our Sunday night recaps, uh, hitting up every game that was played in the week that was, and looking forward to it, Nick. Thank you, buddy.
4: Yeah, of course. You know, it hit me this week with the cuts that – that we're basically here and I'm excited for it because mm. you know as much as I know Greg loves watching every player number 88 89 and 90 on the roster in the fourth quarter of a no, week two preseason game like come it. on just go with it just go with it <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I know we're all
4: excited to watch yeah. the actual legitimate players for a full four quarters
1: and, and like- we're expecting you we're not gonna we're probably not gonna be in the studio week one Sounds like week two is a more likely target. You know, they are opening up the, the building. We're expecting you to commute, Nick. I know you're oh, yeah. in Cleveland, but just. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll fly coach. Um, let's see. Oh, they'll pay. We're we're a huge operation now. There's no money is too much to spend on our podcast.
4: Well, especially in that brand new studio, you know?
1: Yeah.
3: Apparently there is tech that allows that to happen uh, seamlessly, we're being told. Um, so we're looking, oh, that's all exciting. And I apologize to Chris Banjo. And his entire family entering the league as an undrafted free agent in 2013, and here he is fighting for jobs eight years later.
1: Yes, only only Close apologize if you if you cut it for social, because like the celebration <laughs> dance was even even worse than the sounds. <laughs> it's
3: like when um, John Cena had
1: to apologize in Mandarin
3: for saying something that offended uh, the people of the region. Um, all right, what? okay that's it. <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday unless something else crazy pops up. Um, but uh, thank you for everybody for listening until then heat the call. Tight 47. We have this meeting in one minute. Right?